0: As a society, we are more health conscious than ever. We all know someone who practically lives in the gym, constantly trying to improve or maintain their bodies. While physical exercise can be very beneficial, physical strength alone is not enough to sustain you when life gets tough. In Psalms 27.1, David said, The Lord is the strength of my life. It is important to eat right and exercise, but it is many times more important to spiritually eat right and exercise if you want to be strong. So when is the last time you exercise your faith to receive something from God? What do you eat spiritually? Do you listen to people who feed you by challenging, stretching, and encouraging you with the vitamins and protein of God's word or just the bubble gum of popular opinion? We get out according to what we put in. As the type of food we eat impacts our physical strength, the word we listen to impacts our spiritual strength. Pay attention to what you are swallowing. For more, go to GraceChurchba.org. As always, Live Big.
1: We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit derekreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. You were meant
0: to Tomorrow can be bigger. Yeah. Just grow, let like the world overflow. Give yeah. a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself.
1: Live yeah. big. You've tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message.
0: Typically in Scripture, fasts were community responses or uh, to a national crisis or need. We see that throughout the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament, we, we see when the, the, the prophets and the teachers at Antioch, they fasted and prayed, and then they, they all of them together, then they set out Saul. Also John's, uh, uh, Paul, uh, also John the Baptist disciples came to Jesus' disciples and said, well, why don't your disciples fast? And he said it in the plural. You see, all of John's disciples got together and they fasted about issues. And Jesus responded, he said, well, you know, as long as the bridegroom is with them, there's no need to fast. But when the bridegroom is gone, that's when you begin to fast. And part of what Jesus was saying is is one of the calls, or or, or you know you need to fast when the presence of God seems far away. So when you you don't hear the voice of the bridegroom, that's when you need to turn over your plate and, and begin to really, really seek his face. But the point was, he didn't just say you're a disciple, he said disciples, plural. Because fasting was typically done in community. And, and it says he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And, and fasting is simply abstaining from anything, anything. That's why we did a little bit of television that might hinder us from complete focus on God. So Judah gathered together to ask for help from the Lord. You need to know where your help comes from. And the people came from all the city, all of them, of Judah, and they came to do exactly what the prophet asked to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he began to pray. And we're not going to read it here. We're going to look at it tonight. But he combined both prayer and fasting. Now, the lengths of our prayers or our fasting may vary. Sometimes it's just a meal or two. Sometimes it's a day. Uh, uh, It's up to you. But the bottom line is there, there are moments and seasons in our lives where we need to turn over our plates to seek the face of the Lord. Lord, I want you more than my belly wants the next meal. Lord, I want you more than the air I breathe. Lord, anything that would distract me, even my digestive system, I don't want no noise on the inside of me. I, I, don't, I don't want me, I don't even want to hear my, my, I don't want no burps. I don't want no, I, I, don't, I don't want to, to hear no bubbles. I don't want, no, Lord, I, I want to hear you. It's amazing when we uh, begin to humble our flesh, how much clearer the voice of God Becomes. Skip to 13. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. The king had done his part. The people had done their parts, obviously from the smallest to the greatest here. Now everyone was waiting to see what the Lord would do. Then out of the pregnant pause, out of the silence, not in the wind, not in the earthquake, not in the fire, but in the still small voice. The spirit of the Lord came upon Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. This man had a five-generation pedigree we must be cautious about following leaders who have no roots in this book. See, a lot of your problem is you're more Republican and more Democrat than you are a follower of Jesus. That's what's wrong with the country. Listen, there are 400 million people in this country. And we're going to blame the president. Who put the president's, plural, this one and the last one in office? We did. If my people, called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. I hear from heaven and heal the land. The problem is not the government. It's the people. It's the people. I'm off. I'm way off. I'm about to step in something. My prayer every election season, Lord, don't give us the government we deserve. We get what we vote for. You know, later this year, I think I might even do a whole series on this. because I think it's time because we're crazy. The church is sleeping. And that's why the nation's going right to hell. So, I'm not going to teach you from a partisan lens. I'm going to teach you from the book. Okay? And we're going to make righteous decisions together to help change our communities and our nations. How about that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right, verse somewhere, 15. The prophet said, listen. All you of Judah, that's why you need to be in church to hear, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you even King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. When I'm in a crisis, I don't need yet another opinion. In fact, everyone seems to, to, to have an opinion, especially those who shouldn't. When I'm in a crisis, I need to get around people who can hear from God, people that know the voice of Jesus in the midst of it. In fact, I don't want to go to a church where the people, the pastor just pull out his favorite message that he just got out of Time magazine. I need a pastor that's on his face listening to God about what the people need to hear, not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Preaching my stuff off. Say, why are you getting mean? I'm hungry. <laughs> Give your pastor some food, he'd be sweeter. <laughs> we got a couple more hours.
1: <laughs>
0: the prophet said, Do not be afraid. This was not a suggestion or a question. He said, Do not be afraid, nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For you see, the probably didn't deny the problem. He said, You got some great trouble just 15 minutes down the road. But what I do need to do is give you some perspective. For the battle is not yours, it's God's. So again, he didn't deny how bad it was he just reminded them that this is not about how strong you are but about how strong your god is you see sometimes i get anxious and worried because you know i'm thinking about how strong i am and that's my problem that's why the bible said let us magnify the lord together sometimes my problems seem to enlarge and my image of god begins to shrink And I have to remind myself, and in my own mind, magnify the goodness and the strength and the power of God. It's not about me. It's about him. Because my God still knows how to knock a joker out. God knows. He still knows how to get a job done. He still knows how to bust a brother up. He knows how to do it in a way, by the way, he can't get arrested. God knows how to find everybody that needs to be found. He knows right where to deal with them. He said, tomorrow, go down against them. So first thing, a little perspective. The second thing he did was give them something to do. Don't miss this. God didn't say, stay in Jerusalem and keep praying. It's a place for prayer. Everything starts with prayer. But don't stop there. To win this battle, they had to put sneakers on their faith and act. We plant seeds for our future by every action and every inaction. But these guys are about to, to do some things and run to the battle. They will surely come up. Now, this, is by the way, he's still prophesying. This is not someone saying this in past tense. Actually, this is a word of knowledge. God is supernaturally letting them know where the enemy is going to be. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. Meaning God told them exactly where the enemy was going to come. And this is why we pray and fast. So God can tell us exactly where the enemy plans to show up next and get us ready. But then it adds, it says, and you shall find them. Notice God wanted the Israelites to find them and run to the battle, and not from the battle. Yes. Sir and ma'am, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Yes. God wants you to walk toward that thing he's called you to face. Yes. 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 And at the end, by the way, he gives some more details. Since we're not there, we're like, what's this wilderness of Jeriel and all that? But the point is, they understood it. And God will give you specific instructions. I I get tired of these people calling themselves prophetic and they give you these nebulous words. Oh, the sun is going to rise on you. Yeah. It's happened every day for the last 53 years. God's about to bless you. I've been blessed for a long time now. Maybe really speaking for God, would you give me something a little more specific? Would you, would you really get, give me uh, something with, with, with a little more uh, of God's reputation on the line? It doesn't take faith to say, you know what, the sun's coming up. It does take faith to say it won't. It doesn't take faith to say, you know what, God going to get you to the place you're going. It does take faith to say by this time tomorrow. Okay, I lost you. I lost it. He said, you will not need to fight in this battle. And in order for that to happen, God only requires three things. Three things. Number one, position yourselves. In other words, station yourselves. Get in a church, stay in it. Stay in it. That went right over your head. I need you to steal your resolve. Plant your feet, set your heart, and take a posture of expectation. I'm not talking about wishbone, but backbone. I'm talking about expecting this year, I believe something great's going to happen. God, in matter of fact, something's too never. That thing I've been, God, I believe my body's healed this year. I believe I'm coming out as financial ruin this year. I believe my baby's coming back to God's house this year. You hear what I'm saying? I, I'm, 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 I'm really put on and position myself with expectation. Earlier this year, I was being critical of myself like I, I typically do, and, and the Lord actually spoke to me and said, just be confident. You're doing a lot better than you think. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. 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 And when he said that, I immediately thought about Peter. Peter was actually walking on water, and he was doing it. But then he started thinking about the wind and the waves, like, I can't do this What I look like a duck. I can't I can't float on water. But the problem was, he was already doing it. You know what Many of you in here, you're already doing what you thought you could never do. Some of your marriages, you didn't think you were going to make it, but you in this year. You're still married. You're still together. Some of y'all finally living halfway right. I know it ain't all the way, but halfway right but you didn't think that was possible. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. Just keep walking. Keep walking. Ignore all that. He said, coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Number one, he said, position yourself. Number two, he said, stand still. This is a word to me. He said, I need you to relax. Don't panic. Be at rest recognizing it's not up to you, it's up to me. So, you know, everybody else may be, but I need you to possess yourself. God's got this, and God's got you. So number one, position yourself. Number two, stand still, rest. Just be at peace, God's got this. God's got this. Number three is, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. What he was saying to the people is you have to see it before you see it. Not sure you heard me. He said you need to see it before you see it. When I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I had a a condition in my body that you know, like five surgeries or so and, and and it wouldn't go away, didn't get healed. And it was a situation such that it was at the base of my spine, about a, a cut, you know, after they cut me the first time, about eight, seven, eight inches long. And every time I would sit, they put pressure on the cut and it would open. And I stopped bleeding and it was just a whole mess. So, I say I was a little bit like Linus. Linus had a blanket. I carried a pillow everywhere I went. And, and uh, just, just a, lot of, a lot of pain and infection was easy. I'd take three baths, you know, just a day, just a whole thing. But during that time, every time I prayed about the situation, in my mind, I didn't know why I was kind of imagining it. It was only I, I, I kind of understood this after the fact. I start praying and then I, I see a picture in my heart of me sitting on a rock. Now listen, I could barely sit on a cushioned seat without pain and blood. And every time I see this image, I cringe. Because I'm like, ah, you know what happens when, when I sit. But the closer I got to the time of God manifesting my healing, it's amazing I would see that same rock, but I didn't cringe anymore. You see, what happened is I began to see it, Before I saw it. You're standing on God's word, but do you see it? Before. It's easy to worship after the fact, but do you see it before? Faith is simply seeing it in your heart before you see it with your eyes. He said... Oh Judah and Jerusalem, Oh Grace Church, is there anything too hard for our God? I know there's some real stuff against you, but there's also a real God for you." He said, "Do not fear. I need you, Lonnie, to get out of your own way. Your biggest limitation is the person in the mirror. It's what you too scared to believe. It's what you're too unwilling to hold on to. The problem is not the devil. The problem is you quit. And you got to hang on until it's done. I don't know when it's going to be done, but you got to hang on until it's done. Jesus went up on the cross, but he didn't lay down his head until he said, it is finished. And unless it's finished, I'm still fighting the good fight. You hear what I'm saying? Do not fear or be dismayed. Listen, I know more about discouragement than I ever want to learn or know. But I've also learned to stop letting yesterday take up so much of today. It happened. Learn from it. Move on. It happened. Learn from it. Move on. Say that with me. It happened. Learn from it. Move on. That's all God wants us to do. Then he said, for tomorrow, if our whole planet can turn around on its axis in just one day's time. I mean, we could go through morning, evening, afternoon, and night in just one 24 hour period. Why can't God completely turn your situation around in a day? He said, Tomorrow, my tomorrow's looking good. I don't know about yours, but my tomorrow is bright. Actually, I do know about yours. You hang on to your faith, your tomorrow will be just as bright. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you. After a lot of years, I finally realized I don't need half the stuff I thought I needed. If God selected me, it doesn't matter who rejects me. It doesn't matter who objects to me. If God before me, God. Yes. Yeah. Is all I need. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head. This is the king with his face to the ground. And what I want you to notice is it started with the king. Kings in this room, worship starts with you. Matter of fact, our queens have been waiting for a long time for the king, their kings, to get this right. Kings, men, we need to be the first to get up and get the family ready for church on Sunday. We need to be the first to lift holy hands in this place. Why? Because if we ever needed the Lord before, dear God, we need him now. And men, we ought to know it. And we ought to be found on our knees praying for our families, being priests of our household. Reaching out to God for our crazy children that are dealing with situations like we never had to experience at their age. Dealing with, with temptation, man, while they're 10 and 11, that, that you, you were 25 before you even had anything like that available to you, understand? Man, when I went into the 7-Eleven, they used to keep certain literature wrapped up in brown bags. If you were adventurous, you had to kind of peel it back and look around and take a peek.
1: You are listening to the Live Big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church and Dr. Derek Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermitu invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click GraceChurchVA.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's GraceChurchVA.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
0: We all feel offended at times. The danger is when we hold on to it and view everything done by the person who offended us only through the lens of that hurt. We think they should have known better or at least apologized. But much of the time, people are not even aware that they offended us. Jesus tells us in Matthew 18, 15, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. I've learned when someone does something insensitive to me to ask them about it on the spot. And if for some reason this is not wise, I go to them privately, but at as soon as possible. My worst response is just to brood over it or start to talk to others about the person but never allow the person to correct themselves or explain. One writer says, only cowards hide behind silence. Sometimes the reason we are so bitter is not because of what people have done, but because of our own lack of courage to speak up when it happened. For more, go to GraceChurchVA.org. That's GraceChurchVA.org. And as always, live big.